Hello and welcome to our podcast named Detours. This podcast embraces the unexpected twists and turns that shapes the journeys of our lives that God sends us down. I'm your host and fellow traveler, Mike. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Deb, and we invite you to join us on this exploration of uncharted territories we encounter along the way. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode. Hey guys, welcome to Detours. This is our season finale for season number two on the death of my brother. This is going to be a different episode. We were pondering what is left to say uh, really on a topic that is so sensitive that people really struggle with. Uh, And we landed on the idea of let's just play the recording of Stuart's funeral because a lot is said there. You will hear it from the perspective of a pastor who gets up and has to lead members of a congregation through one of the hardest, if not the hardest times in their lives. Uh, And it's a wonderful, about 20-minute sermon, uh, because even Pastor Schmidgall, he he admits, I, I don't know what to say when people come up to me with things like this. I I grope for answers as a pastor because we don't always have the answers. Uh, But to give you a quick brief summary on on what you're going to hear, the theme of the message is is really peace. Uh, You'll hear Colossians 3.15 as the theme of the funeral, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And what what they're talking about, there, there's different types of peace. One is peace with God. Uh, peace with God is something that when Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished, that's what he was talking about. That's what he is talking about. If you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, you have peace with God. But that's not what Colossians 3.15 is talking about. This is the peace of God, and that's something that's different. Um, That uh, form of peace is a verb. It's something that you do. You have to trust God, even when you don't understand, even when it's something that's difficult, like the death of a child. Uh, You have to choose peace, and it's not easy. We've spent an entire season talking through what that looks like, and and we've barely scratched the surface. And if you're someone out there that has lost a child, you're sitting out there shaking your head going, yeah, I know. Um, And and, and one of the worst things that you can do is just say, hey, you you just don't understand me because now you're isolating yourself. Um, God does understand And one of our hopes and dreams is to revisit this down the road uh, with the perspective of a female. Uh, My dad gave every account amazingly this season that he has, uh, but men and women handle these things differently. It's different to be a mother and go through something like this. Uh, I've heard it said that a woman becomes a mother the minute she knows she's pregnant, where a man becomes the father the moment he sees the child. That's a big difference. 
Um, so we do plan on revisiting this down the road, uh, but we hope that you enjoyed my father's recounting of uh, everything that happened with my little brother. So uh, we are going to replay his funeral. Uh, please forgive the sound quality. This is almost 40 years old, and I had to uh, perform some magic to get it off of a cassette tape and onto a podcast. I think I leapfrogged several decades of technology there. Uh, it is pretty good quality, um, but there is some static in the background and so on and so forth. But we hope that you guys are blessed uh, by this recording. And uh, yeah, we, we hope that it touches you the same way that it's always touched us. So here we go. This is from December of 1984, uh, Stuart Snyder's funeral. There's a brief phrase from Colossians, the third chapter, that I'd like to take as a theme this morning. Paul the Apostle said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Life is filled with seeming inequities. Things happen that we can't make any sense out of. Children in Chicago innocently die at the hands of warring gang members. Children are caught in the crossfire of warring factions in Lebanon. A mother in Iowa sits by the bed of her daughter for several days and weeks only to find out when she comes out of a coma that it's not her daughter, that they actually buried her daughter because she looked so much like the girl who was in the same accident. Life seems to have a lot of inequities. And I think that all of us, if we were honest, would say that we feel like that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at one of life's seeming inequities. Little Stuart was born nine months ago yesterday. He was born with a disadvantage. They found rather quickly that something was wrong with his heart. And I remember when Steve called and shared it with me and we prayed and they rushed him to another hospital and yet he came through all of that. And in the nine months that Stuart lived, he became a close friend of his brother Mickey. He became a joy to the hearts of his parents. They will always remember him for the smile that he could produce. They will remember him for the joy that he brought into their lives in nine short months. It was just a few days ago that he went through heart surgery that was necessary. And he fought some incredible odds. Several times the doctors shared with his parents that there were several times that he should have died, but he didn't. There was the problem with his blood pressure and his BUN count and the brain activity and the kidney inactivity and all of those had begun to change. And then a one in a thousand thing happened and he died. But in that time he touched many people. His mother's heart was knit to his and his dad cherished him. And the doctors and nurses took his well-being personally. 
Medic medical people aren't supposed to do that. But he was too disarming. They couldn't help it. And others in the waiting room rooted for his survival. And the people at the church prayed and friends shared their concern. One of the things that Stephen Sandra wanted me to be sure to do today was to express to you how deeply they have appreciated the love and the prayers and the support that so many of you have shared with them during these difficult days. They have said that they really don't know how to tell you how much they appreciate it, but I'm sure that all of us understand that and we accept their gratitude with, with joy. The fact is there's no human rationale adequate for resolving the seeming inequities in our lives. Human perspective, mental gymnastics will never adequately address situations like what we face today. There's no human way for me to stand before you and give you the answers to all the questions. But there is an answer. It is the peace of God. And that's why Paul said in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And that's why he said in Philippians chapter 4, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. The peace of Christ is adequate where nothing else is. When you have Christ's peace in your heart, it rules. It rules over the inequities. It rules over the questions. It rules over the frustrations. It rules over so many things in our lives. For you see, the peace of Christ rules by giving you freedom from the past. We have the peace of Christ which has assured us of the forgiveness of sins in our lives. That's the past. It is the peace of Christ that heals the hurts, the memories in our lives that are so filled with pain. Now you see, not everyone has been forgiven of their sins, but everyone can be. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 tells us that God has reconciled all things to himself by making peace through his blood which was shed on the cross. And Romans 5.1 says that we have been justified by faith. Therefore, we have peace with God. You see, it is possible to have peace, though not everyone has it. There are two kinds of bills in your financial files at home. There are first the bills that have a date on them and a check number to indicate they've been paid. Those bills don't bother you very much this morning. They don't cause you a whole lot of pain. But then there are those bills that don't have a date or a check number on them because they're still unpaid and they bother you because you know that they are still undealt with. And you see, the spiritual bills that have been paid in our lives cause us no pain, but the ones that are unpaid bother us. And they're the ones that tend to create guilt in our lives and that tend to be unresolved in our lives. And so you see, the peace of Christ is an answer to the unpaid bills of humanity. How is it an answer? 
It is an answer because the peace of God grows out of a spiritual birth. Each of us is born with a barrier between us and God. Everybody's born that way. It's like an unpaid bill. It's a hindrance to our relationship with God. Much as an unpaid bill can be a tremendous hindrance to your relationship to your creditors, be they your friends or business persons you are dealing with. And so the Bible tells us that there is enmity. There's a barrier between us and God. But you see, that barrier is removed through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, if there's something you need in a room in this building, but that room is locked, there's a barrier keeping you from getting what you want. If you can find somebody with a key to that room, the barrier can be removed. And the key to the barriers of sin in our lives is faith in Jesus Christ. And when we trust Jesus Christ for our sins, for cleansing from our sin, the barrier is removed and we come into a relationship of peace with God. And so you see, peace gives us a freedom from the past. The peace of Christ rules by also giving you strength for the present. All of us know that life has a lot of troubles. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but do not be afraid. I have overcome the world. Romans, the eighth chapter says, there are sufferings that exist in the present time. And so life is much like the storm that overwhelmed the disciples as they were on the Sea of Galilee. They seemed so helpless. But just as Christ's word and his peace ruled that storm, so his peace rules the present in our lives. And so Romans 5 says we have gained access into this grace in which we now stand. This is a turbulent moment for us, for all of us. For those of us who saw that cute little body lying in this casket last night. It's a turbulent moment. It's a turbulent time for Steve and Sandy because of the pain that they feel. But the Bible assures us that the peace of Christ will rule our hearts in the midst of the trouble in our lives. David expressed it in the 23rd Psalm that we read so beautifully when he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid for you are with me. I tell you, friends, there is nothing like knowing that Christ is with you. That doesn't mean that every question is answered. It doesn't mean that all the turmoil suddenly ceases. That would be really dishonest to suggest that. But he is with us, and his peace will rule. It will keep us, it will sustain us, and it will carry us through. And so you see, the peace of Christ rules by giving us strength for the present, and also the peace of Christ rules by giving us hope for the future. All of us know that the future is uncertain. The future is uncertain right now because you say, will I ever be able to trust God in the future when I've suffered the kind of disappointment as Stuart's death? How can I make it through a tragedy like this? What about my own death? It is uncertain also. And you see, there are a lot of uncertainties in the future, 
And for many people, there's no hope in the future because the Bible says, if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. But Paul assured us that when we are in Christ and when his peace is in our hearts, that his peace will sustain us, not only as it relates to the past and the present, but also by giving us a hope in the future. For in Christ Jesus there is hope. Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And as we stand in this turbulent moment, experiencing the pain of the death of little Stuart, there is hope for the future. There is a recognition that there is the glory of God that awaits us. And so Paul says in Romans 5, 2, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The other night, as in the early morning hours, I was driving to Loyola Hospital to try to get there to be with Steve and Sandra. I was groping. I was groping for myself, let alone for them. And I said, what, what not only can I say to them, but what, what, what can I say to myself? What is there to say? And it seemed that the Lord brought to my mind the situation where David faced the death of his little baby. Now, the circumstances were a little bit different, but there are some similarities. The scripture tells us that, that David's son became very ill. He was very ill. And the scriptures say that David proceeded to fast and pray much like the parents of Stuart did. They fasted and prayed. For David, it was seven days. For Stephen Sandra, it was eight, nine days. At the end of the seventh day, the scriptures say that David's son died. And everybody was afraid to go in and tell him because they said, if he has been fasting and praying all of this time, how can we tell him what has happened? And they walked in and they told David that his son had died. And the scriptures say that David got up from the ground. He washed, put on lotions, changed his clothes, and went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And I thought, well, that's what we're doing today. Steve and Sandra have gotten up from the ground and they've come to the house of God to worship and then it says, very interestingly, that at his request they served him food, and he ate. And we're going to eat after this. And then it says that his servants asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept, but now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Listen to this statement. I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Friends, that statement is full of so much power because it is David expressing that the peace of God gave him hope. He said, I know that I can't go. To, I know that he can't come to me. But there is a day when I will go to him. 
And there is the conviction in my heart that there's a little boy running around the streets of heaven who someday is going to see his mom and dad again. That's hope. That's hope. And that's what the peace of Christ gives you. It gives you hope. Will you pardon me? Some of you have heard me tell this before. But one of the things that Steve and Sandra requested was that they, they said, we feel that one of the themes of the service should be peace. And I, can, I cannot restrain myself from sharing this story with you because it says so much about where we're at today. An artist was commissioned by someone to paint a picture on the theme of peace. The day of the unveiling of the picture came. He had invited friends in to view it. He himself did not know what the scene would be. There was conjecture about it. Some of the people who had gathered for the unveiling of the picture said, well, I think it'll be a beautiful sea scenery with the moon glimmering across the quiet waters of the lake. And somebody else said, well, if I were painting a picture of peace, I would show a pastoral scene, maybe some sheep grazing on the hillside and, and just the quietness of the countryside. And they all had their ideas about what a picture of peace would really be like. Imagine their shock and amazement when the curtain dropped and they saw a picture with dark foreboding clouds filling the sky. They saw a picture with the, the, the trees bending under the force of the winds that were blowing. There was a house, and the house was being beaten by the rains that were pouring down. And it, and it, was, it was an incredibly gloomy, foreboding picture. And there was a gasp that went up from the people. And then someone cried, I see it. I understand it. Well, you see, in the midst of all of that storm and darkness and cloudiness, the art artist had painted a little bird perched under the eaves of the house singing a song. What is peace? Peace is not what you feel when everything is well in your life. Peace is not what you experience when everything is going your way. Peace is that force, that strength that the Spirit of God gives you that sustained you in the storm. That's peace. And it says the peace of Christ shall rule in our hearts. Let us allow his peace to rule us today. Let's pray together. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on season number two. We really appreciate you listening. We hope that we gave some perspective that you've never considered, giving you plenty of things to meditate on. But we will be back. Season three is already, the recording of it is already underway. And as a matter of fact, we may even have a special announcement coming up in the next week or two. So make sure you check our channels. But for now... We will see you guys with season three. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Detours. For more content, you can find us on Spirit FM Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, or on our website at detours.life. 
to view my writings, or to contact me for public speaking engagements, visit my website at debmarcelisi.com. Thank you.